Hi, friends, and welcome back to the show. Today, I have two great guests on, and we are going to talk about why so many people are struggling with anxiety, aimlessness, maybe even addiction or depression. The answer is we have to know our purpose. We have to have a reason for getting up in the morning and a reason for how we're showing up in the world. This is what we're diving into, and it is such a good conversation. I think you're going to get so much out of it. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith-Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what he has for us? I'm Kristen. I'm an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have a lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God and design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God and your family, this is the podcasting community for you. Grab your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen. And let's be encouraged. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome two amazing guests, Mark and Adina Delaney. They are Purpose and Life Mentors. They're the podcast hosts of the Purpose Mastermind, and they have given their lives to one pursuit. They're helping people know their purpose, and they believe that living with purpose is the cure for depression, anxiety, and addiction. And I cannot wait to have this conversation with them because they are helping people know their purpose so they can find freedom to live that purpose out boldly. And I think this is such an important topic. I'm so passionate about it as well. So welcome, Mark and Adina. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about what did life look like before? And then what's life look like now? And how did you step into helping people with their purpose? Well, great question. Um, I think that um, for me personally, I until six years ago, I felt like an eagle living in a cage. Um, I, I went to a, I was at a t- I was a school teacher at the time, and I liked it. I think I loved it because I loved kids, and teaching kids was fulfilling. But at the same time, I felt like I was kind of trapped in my own life where it had become a life where all I was really doing was searching for to keep my security and comfort and a a dose of reputation. As long as I could tell people, hey, I have this job. Aren't you impressed? Mm -hmm. But deep down, I was just living for security and comfort. And there was something in me that was like tapping from the inside of my heart saying, you've got something more to give. And I recall it was about two years before I left teaching that I was on a school field trip at a zoo. And there was this um, enclosure about as big as a large living room. It was inside of a fence. And I looked around inside of this inside of this enclosure. And in the middle was this tree that spread out and filled most of the space. And I couldn't see anything. And so I did what I hate to do at the zoo, which is read. And I read the placard. And it said some kind of eagle. And immediately my mind just went to wait. Like, how can an eagle be in this small of a space? And sure enough, up on the branch was this eagle. And I felt like I spent two years talking to that eagle about its life. Because really, it was my life. The eagle was comfortable. It was safe. And they come and feed it every day. And on top of that, every now and then, Children stop with their parents and say, look, mom, isn't that an eagle? It's so cool. And I was like, I'm living that eagle's life. 
in the question in my heart that I felt like I was metaphorically talking to that eagle about was, what's it like to never use those wings you have? Because that was me. And so finally, after two years, I just, uh, I was reading a book, uh, actually on a treadmill at the Y or at the gym next to my, my wife. And the first line of the book, it's not even chapter one, it's the preface or the preamble. And it says, the, stop living as if the goal of life is to arrive at death safely. Mm-hmm. And okay. yeah, <laughs> yes. And I, I, I handed the book to Adina and I said, read that first line. And I said, I'm, I'm leaving the school. So the next day I called the administrator and said, this is my last year. And, um, that's, that's where this next adventure beca- became, um, it was the beginning of our next adventure in life. Mm, my goodness. So good. And yes, Mark Batterson, I, I talk about him all the time and I love that yeah. book. I know that's the Lion Chasers Manifesto, I believe. And, mm-hmm. uh, so, to start with that point, okay, so Mark, you you had that longing that sort of, you knew something wasn't quite fulfilling you, right? You were lacking fulfillment. And so how, how what is your role in this part of the story, Adina? Like, were you also a teacher? I wasn't sure about that. Or yeah, we what did life look like for you then, um, as far as, and then how did this come along for you? Yeah, that's another great question. Like, we were both school teachers for about two decades, and um and it was a great adventure just getting to be with all these students. We we got to watch thousands of all different types of personalities and ages chase after life. Um, part of the reason why we want to pursue purpose is because everyone was created to have value. But if you don't know what value you bring when you walk in the door of a room, per se, then you're going to start to feel insecure and and then you're you're going you're going to feel empty, and you need you need to have value. So we love to show people where their value is. Um, but yeah, for me, I was still teaching. Mark stepped down. Um, I continued teaching at the school, and you know we do things together quite often. We've been connected and chasing life together all throughout the years. So um, so I loved being a part of just watching him just take steps and discover what it was that he was going to do with, with um, all of the helping people to find their purpose. It's something that you don't just walk out of your job and know instantly. Um, so as, as I got to watch it, it was beautiful. And the thing is, is it's powerful. You, when you search and you try to find something that has deep value in you, you realize there's mindsets that you have that, wait a minute, that's not healthy. Uh, you realize that there's ways that you do things that you, you do it because it protects you for something that you don't want to face. And what would it be like if we really faced those things? So it seems like things that are too big or that we can't do or we won't be successful in or we don't know how to do, but it's, we, we've kind of realized it is actually very simple yet deep. The things that you get to experience when you're pursuing your value. And so you can live it out simple, but it goes very deep. And so I've enjoyed getting to watch him on his journey. But I also, I mean, you never just live life. You always have experiences in front of you. And I um, have had many different things that have helped me to chase my value. I, I grew up as a child not really feeling valued just because of how life was uh, as a child, different situations will teach you different things. If you don't get picked for the team, if this person is hurtful to you, those things will tell you that. And that's the simple story of it. Um, 
But then a couple of years ago, I had a brain injury and that took me to the point where I really couldn't offer much of anything to anyone. And so then I don't have value, of course. So then once again, wrestling with my value. Um, so for me, purpose and value, they're interchangeable. And I want, I love to help people see where their value is because everybody will wrestle with it. It just depends on what, what depth. So while our business was being built, the first probably four years she was teaching and I was building. And then uh, a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. she left teaching. And so we're in this full time together now. Yeah. We were very excited to get to take that. So for the last 12 months, we have been together doing this as a team. And the thing is, is if there's marriages, like there can be a man that can speak to a man's heart differently and a woman, you understand, can speak to a woman's heart differently. But what we absolutely love is one of the reasons I just had to stop teaching. I mean, I loved it, but I just had to stop is there are marriages that need this. They are struggling with things inside of their relationship and they think it's too hard, too much. And, and, and yet what we can do is we're, we're a team. We get to come alongside each other and we get to help both the husband and the wife. So beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, speaking of Mark Batterson, I recently finished his new book, uh, please, sorry, thanks. And in, in the book, he's talking about, you know, what you guys also talk about, which is, you know, how mental health is measured. It's measured on a spectrum and it goes from depression. And then he says languishing, right? Kind of in the middle where things aren't quite whole, but they're not terrible. And then it moves into flourishing. Well, I think all of us would love to flourish, right? We'd love to have Mm -hmm. lives that are growing and thriving, but many of us get stuck. While it might not be considered, um, you know, diagnosed depression, the point is it's a lack of it's feeling hopeless. It's feeling aimless. It's a lack of vision. It's a lack of focus and motivation. And often, as we know, the reason for that is because we don't understand what our purpose is, what our value and our worth is. So what have you guys found about that? Like when, when people are feeling aimless or hopeless, or they're just not clear on what do they bring, right? Like how do they show up in the world? Like what would you share with us, what you've learned, whether from your own journey or how you've been helping people? I I completely agree with what you said. This um, I, I'll give a story. There was a young man probably four months ago that came to me, and where he was at in life is the last year he was basically becoming an alcoholic. He was drinking very heavily. He had been to the uh, emergency room one time because of a, a situation with alcohol, and the family is trying to get him signed up for AA. And his, his dad connected him with me and, uh, he's 30, I think 32 years old. And he said something that was great in our first meeting. He simply said, I don't know how I got here, which is perfect because oftentimes when life, when, when life becomes meaningless, we search for something to give us some sense of substance. And oftentimes substances like alcohol, drugs, food, gambling, these things give us a sense of meaning. If, if a person doesn't have a real, the real substance of meaning and purpose in their life, in my opinion, the human being must search for a substitute, mm-hmm. even if it's um, destructive. And so for this young man, we never talked about alcohol. 
we never talked about how to stop drinking. We talked about how to start living again. Mm -hmm. Because the short story of his life is that from age of 16 to 30, he was doing things that enabled him to have a high sense of purpose and community with people all the way through. And because of um, having now a family and a couple of young kids, he decided to sell sell his company, which was giving him all that camaraderie and purpose. And he took a corporate job that in, in his words, he said, I work 12 hour shifts. And every time I leave, I feel like there's 12 hours of wasted life. And so now he's living a life for two years that has no sense of purpose and no camaraderie. And he's wondering why he's drinking. The only question is, why are you not also doing drugs? Like the life that has no purpose, fulfillment, it is going to lead to things like addiction, depression. Mm -hmm. And then the great threat that, that, and this is why I'm so passionate about what we do. The great threat is then we will stop. We'll focus on stopping depression or Mm -hmm. stopping our addiction. And what people need to do is start their life again. Yes. Gosh, I have so much I could say right there. And I am going to share a couple of things. Uh, the first is, uh, you know, and for, for whatever reason, I do have a couple other things that Mark Patterson said, because he really does speak to the heart of this, right? And the first is, I'm going to get the quote wrong, but he says something like, the cure for sin isn't to try to stop sinning. And when I say sin, I'm surely mm-hmm. not saying like addiction, people are trying to do it. You know, we've all, we all have our things that we've gone through. What I'm saying though, is if you have something that has a hold on you, he says the cure for it is not trying to stop it, but it's to step into purpose. Mm-hmm. Truly. Totally. Exactly. Okay? And so you don't, you don't try to stop doing this behavior that maybe you want to change by changing the behavior. It's because we have to set our sights on something else. And we have to set our sights on something that's so impactful in us that it does bring that purpose forward. And then this, he says this, um, I had written this down before our call because I knew that I wanted to bring it up if it came about. He says, we don't die when our hearts stop beating. We die when our hearts stop skipping a beat in pursuit of our passions, when our mm. hearts stop breaking for the things that break the heart of God. And so to your point, mm. so important. And I actually have one of my college age sons is he came home from college away at university because uh, he started struggling with. Uh, mental health issues, depression, and and um, suicidal thoughts. And luckily, he came home. Luckily, he shared that with us. And he's on that journey to get better. But part of it is he doesn't understand or see any purpose for himself, any value and worth. And while I can try to tell him this all day, he's a young man. I mean, you know, my husband too, but he's a young man, and he just he, he struggles with that. And he does have a little bit of a social. Um, you know, some social challenges. And so I think he has a hard time seeing like the big picture still, but it's a, it's a daily work in progress, right? He's doing well in school. He just started his summer job. But my point is I even see how much more important this is because of how, how aimless I can tell he is like in his purpose in life, you know, and I can tell him a million things about his value and worth, but he doesn't believe it yet. He doesn't believe it. You know, so, yeah. so I see it firsthand in my own life with someone I love, just how important this is. Like that this is literally, I think one of the most important, one of the biggest problems in our society right now is this hopelessness, this loneliness, this mm-hmm. aimlessness. It's because people don't, they don't know how they fit in. They don't know 
what is their reason for being right? What is their leave reason for living? Yeah, it, it's, it's so powerful. I was talking to some leaders over young people recently and they talked about, excuse me, all these things that are coming against our kids. And they're talking about, okay, how do we help them with this and this and this and this and this? Listing all the threats that are coming at our kids. And I said, listen, they don't have a chance. Our kids do not have a chance against all those things, nor do we as leaders have a chance to somehow block all of those things. Mm -hmm. But if our kids know who they are, Mm -hmm. they have every chance. Mm -hmm. If they know their purpose and they pursue it, they have every chance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, so true. So tell me, what have you all found that we people are struggling with understanding this value and this purpose? You know, so what, where are you finding that we've not been able to tap into that or that we can't, we haven't been able to explore it? I know security and comfort's part of it, but what else have you found? We look in the, we look in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. We're searching for it in the wrong places. I'll tell a story. A young man named Chucky sat down with me and his older brother at a Chick-fil-A where all good things happen. (laughs) Little Chucky at the time was 15 years old and he had gotten into trouble, so much trouble that he had to be taken from his home and sent to a boys' school. And he's home for a week on a a vacation and he's looking around at Chick-fil-A as if he's looking at the whole world. You can see it in his face. And he said, how does someone find it? I said, find what, Chucky? He said, find their purpose. I was like, well, well, Chucky, if you look in the wrong place, you'll never find it. But if you look in the right place, it's actually simple. And I told him about the, the philosopher Kermit the Frog. <clears throat> Kermit the Frog once uh, sang a song about rainbows and why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? I said, Chucky, most people are looking outside of them to find this great rainbow and then somehow figure out how to get the other side of it where there's this pot of gold and they can say, look world, I found it. I did it. I accomplished it. I got to this place. I got to this job. I did this thing. I said, Chucky, if you look outside of you for purpose, you'll never find it. Actually, your life, my life, we are the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. We're God's workmanship created to do good works in this world. Our life is the rainbow for others to see. The gold is the gift within us that we get to live boldly our life in front of people. And help people be inspired to what they can be with their life. So probably one of the most simple ways that we miss purpose is we look for it in the wrong place, looking for it outside of us instead of finding it inside of us. Absolutely. I mean, and I think a lot of us, you know, we we are taught in a lot of messages from culture or society teach us, you know, take the safe job. Oh, that's silly. You know the job that's going to pay the bills and not that we 
we, of course, we need to be able to support our families and such. But what I'm saying is we take the path that we believe we need to take because people or messages are telling us that, but we kind of, we stop listening often to what our heart is telling us, right? We stop listening to the things that actually interest us, the things we're curious about, the things that we're drawn towards, but those are actually the things that are trying to tell us how we should show up in the world. And we will actually be, we will feel that purpose, right? We'll feel that value because that's actually how we were made. We were made often to step into something related to those things. Yes, mm-hmm. totally. Totally agree. And that was, it was interesting. Chucky sat at that table that day and I had my purpose mastermind, our program booklet on the table, actually my leader guide. And I had opened to the back of it where there's this fill in the blank sentence. The first part says my purpose is, and there's a blank. And I said, Chucky, I'm going to play this song for you. And so I pulled out my phone and I, I went to the song rainbow connection and I stood over in front of him and I said, Chucky, I bet you can know your purpose before this song is over. And I put that phone in front of him and I talked to his brother for a couple of minutes. And about two minutes into the song, he reached over and grabbed my leader guide and pulled it over to himself and took my pen and wrote his purpose in that book. And I'll, I'll always keep that old leader guide I had because his purpose is there. And just like you said, it is so connected to the turmoil of his life because the turmoil of his life is actually pointing him to the gift of his life. Mm-hmm. And when you're 15 years old, it's actually kind of simple to, to see that. Mm-hmm. But once we're 40 and 45 and 50, it's amazing how almost impossible it is for us to see it without someone guiding us there. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I think, you know, I, I know it's a common term nowadays you know, and I've talked about before is we do kind of have to unlearn because even in the last two years, I've had quite the journey. I've known where God was leading me and my purpose, but just because we know it, it's very hard to sometimes get there fully. Meaning I had worked in online technology, online marketing for so long that every time, even with this podcast, I went through a program last summer, you know, and I said, oh, well, I built this one website, you know, my mom and I had co-founded, you know, we had over 10 million users to the website over many years, but it was all organic. And they're like, oh, well, that's what you should do. You should teach, teach people how to do the SEO and how to do the growth traffic. So, but then I was like, no, this doesn't feel right. It's because people keep kept trying to push me back to what my background was in, what my kind of expertise was in, what my zone of excellence was in, but it wasn't where God was calling me. And it wasn't where I felt like my purpose, where I'm most supposed to show up and serve the world. So I have to, I have to keep kind of letting that go so that I can step into these other things, but that can be a hard journey, especially when you're like, well, how does that pay the bills when you're moving into something different? You know? So I think that is why when you, when we're 35 or we're 45 or older, that can be hard. And it's, it's partly because Everyone around you is trying to tell you, oh, stay in the responsible job. And are you sure? Because this thing will pay you a lot more right now. Right. And so it's where we literally are seems like we're going against the current or not. But it feels like that for a moment in time before I think the river opens up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. That's a very common. I like that you use the word river. Um, we use that with young people and talking to them about their life that. Life is much safer if you stay on the shore. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. Yeah. And so much so that you think that's where you belong, but the river is where the adventure is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've given a, a talk a couple of times um, when it was like a faith-based group, you know, and I say that, I mean, like literally I say, you know, God, God's called us into adventure. He didn't call us into safety, right? He actually is trying to beckon us to step up and step out in our lives. That is where all the good things happen. Yes. There might be risks. Yes. There might be troubles ahead, but that is where we're meant to live. We're not meant to live a safe, comfortable lives in our where we never leave our homes. But I think that's what many of us have gotten used to, you know, is, oh, I'll just stay right here. I'm comfy. I have everything we need. But that's not where our hearts really are called to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> that's that's been our story. Mm-hmm. It, it's learning. Uh, it's been learning how to swim. Yeah. We got so used to or learning how to fly when it was, for me specifically, was so used to being in that cage of comfort. Yeah. But I wouldn't trade it. No, I wouldn't trade it either. It's like the difference for me, it's kind of like living life and grunting rather than just enjoying life. Mm -hmm. That's the simplest way I can say the changes because I, I always like to try to do things intentional. I mean, as a teacher, I've got goals that I need to accomplish. I want to take care of their hearts and the whole, you know, whole person of who they are. Um, but I lived like more grunting, working, trying, doing this, the other. And there were so many important things that I needed to do. And there were so many great things happening around me. But it, the experience of it from my heart, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like long sustainable. Uh, it, 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 for me, I just needed to um, surrender some things that I thought I needed to absolutely have. And when I did that, I found a peaceful place mm-hmm. to just do some of the same things, but in a different way. And I I love the difference of the grunting versus the peace, because sometimes you just need to look at your life differently and you might already just be pursuing exactly what you need to be, but you're pursuing in a way where it sucks the life out of you. Absolutely. And that's why I was sharing with you um, before we start recording and I've shared it on the epi- the, my podcast a little bit, although I just recorded a full episode that'll come out soon, but I talk about, you know, helping people get into joyful alignment. So it mm-hmm. is this, but it's also redesigning your life the way that I think God intended it. I think too many of us are cramming multiple days into one day and we're wondering why we're burned out and exhausted. It Mm -hmm. is purpose, but it's also because I think instead of slowing down and actually putting into that day, what needs to get put into it, you know, relationship time, you know, with with God, uh, time to obviously do, you know, step into our purpose to serve others. We're doing 500 other things, often way too many obligations. And we wonder why we're exhausted. I have so many friends. I, I watch them and I just sit back and I'm just like, wow, it's like a frenzy around them, you know? And, yeah. but I, I think we actually don't realize we're doing it to ourselves. And so yeah. I think part of that is we choose how we spend our time. And no, I don't mean that means if you're in a job and, you know, it's maybe not where you want to be in the future. I get that, but we still have all these other hours and we choose how we spend that time, what we say yes to and what we say no to. And so I think to your point is I've had to do a lot of that too over the last couple of years is does this feel right? Like, does it feel right at my soul level? You know, or could I do this differently? Could I choose to say, oh, at this hour, I'd rather go and do something for my family, you know, than sit at my desk for two more hours, you know, or whatever it might be. But uh, so I think we have to 
be intentional with our lives, but I think we also have to audit our lives, right? Or take inventory of our lives, you know, in lots of areas, but I think even with our schedules as well. Yeah. Now, our individual fingerprint of who God created us to be is something that is going to help us to just make those decisions because our uniqueness, if we allow expectations to pressure us, you know, sometimes we don't know if expectations are just helping us to get the job done or whatever, but expectations usually leave like a pressure and a weight with them. Mm -hmm. If we get to, even if we like your job, there are expectations within your job. If you change it from expectations of others onto you versus you're excited about doing it, there's a different heart experience in that. So your unique fingerprint, um, it will be it will be hidden and there'll be shadows over it that people won't be able to see exactly who you are. The more you allow other expectations, outside expectations that are not healthy for you to come on you, you get to choose how you experience the different things around you. Um, you know, t- the, the Bible talks about, you know, you can have peace even when it doesn't make sense. You can have joy no matter what the circumstance. So some people, for them to really know the value and the purpose that they need to pursue Part of it is just by recognizing what's my heart experience in this. And if I'm not peaceful and joyful, what can change? But we don't think anything can change. As a teacher, I knew things couldn't change because I needed to do X, Y, Z to teach these students. And I learned a different way of doing the same exact job, but in a way that I then had just exuberant amount of peace and joy as comparison to doing it and being strong because this is a worthy, it's a great calling to teach kids, you know, impact lives for future change. But I love the difference of changing. When I found my purpose and my value inside of me, it helped me to handle the expectations around me and it helped me to make decisions so that my heart gets to enjoy my life. Absolutely. Oh, so well said. So what advice would you have or just tips for people that are still, you know, trying to understand what is their purpose and how do they tap into that inside of themselves? How do you guide people in that? Hmm. Well, our our program is is an eight-week journey on doing just that thing. Um, we take people through the first four weeks, we take people through the the confusing mindsets mm-hmm. that make it impossible to find our purpose. Um, we look at it like a, imagine your life is in a wilderness. The good news is a treasure hunt. And that sounds great. The bad news is like we live our life. There's not a pathway. It seems sometimes, and we're surrounded by bushes and trees and they're everywhere. And we don't know which way to go. And we're limited in our supplies and time is running out. And in the wilderness, there's also poison ivy and poisonous snakes and spiders and bears and all kinds of things that can get us. So our premise is that, so you're lost in the wilderness. What if you find the path of your purpose in that wilderness? And so our journey is to take people from the mindsets that keep them in the wilderness and instead the mindsets that can get you on that path. And so uh, in in short, a couple of things I would say like I mentioned earlier with the story of Chucky, is that purpose is not outside of you. Mm-hmm. If you, It's like I talked to a man yesterday who talked about how he talked about uh, ADHD. You know, he's like 55 and he's like, I'm always, I'm going from this to this to this to this. 
And he, he said it's because of ADHD. It's not because of that. It's because he doesn't know who he is and what he wants to chase. And, and so culture, it feels like every tree is a tree that I should climb. And while I'm climbing one tree, I see five other trees I should climb. And so I go climb a different one. And it feels like I'm always chasing to find my destiny. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. And so purpose is not something, it's not outside of you, it's inside of you. It's not something outside of you that you attach to your life. It's something inside of you that you give with your whole life. So it's something that you can, purpose is not something you attach to your life. It's something you bring in everything that you do with your life, which is really the liberating component of purpose. Is It enables me to have meaning in all that I do, not just my job. So for many people, we think that if I get the right job, I will have purpose. I'll say this boldly. Jobs do not bring us our purpose. What we can do is have purpose and take it to our job. Mm-hmm. I'll say this to anyone listening. Your job is not going to make you awesome. But your job can be awesome because of who you are when you're doing it. People make jobs awesome. Jobs don't make people awesome. So those are a couple of the things that I would say um, about finding purpose. Mm, so good. And you are so right. You know, absolutely always comes down to uh, the person, the people, you know, and and the relationship with other people, right? How we're showing up you know, in other people's lives. And like you said, that has to do with purpose. And of course, if we understand our purpose, right, what we're doing here, we can understand or we can change our perceptions. We can change, right, kind of like uh, Adina was talking about, we can change the way we're showing up for everything. You know, Mm -hmm. the perception we have at it, you know, that I I get to do this, not I have to do this, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Totally. So what uh, what other, um, is there anything else that you would just like to share with the listeners, you know, or uh, any stories just about, you know, this whole concept? I mean, obviously, we've talked a lot about purpose, but just, uh, you know, what else have you seen that uh, have shift, how helped people shift, you know, and just the way they see their life, the way that they um, understand they have permission to change, to create and design their lives moving forward to look a little different than maybe the past looked. My mind is like going through this list of stories and what to say about that. I'll mention a young man. um, uh, We'll call him Jesse. He sent me an email and he said, this has been my life the last four years since I left high school. And he talked about going to college and, and becoming addicted to gaming and food and pornography. And he said, the last two years, I've been depressed and suicidal. And he said, I don't want to hide anymore. That last sentence was the only thing I needed to hear. Because most people, the problem is not what's gone wrong with our life. It's that we hide what's gone wrong with our life. Mm -hmm. The second problem that happens is that when we do expose what's happened with our life people rally to that person and and they say 
stop gaming, stop eating too much, stop watching that, stop being depressed. Here, take this pill. Don't think those thoughts. That doesn't help people. I I called him immediately. He gave me his number. I called him and I said, we're going to meet. And I said, but we're not going to talk about depression. We're not going to talk about suicide. We're not going to talk about pornography, food, or gaming. We're going to talk about one thing. We'll talk about your purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's all we did is talk about who he was made for. We talked about, uh, we, didn't, we didn't even talk that much about his life. We talked about people's lives in general because one of the biggest, I think, things that holds people back is we become a student of our life problems. Mm-hmm. You can't live out your purpose while being a student of your problems. And so we take people through this journey called the purpose mastermind, not the problem mastermind, because focusing on it is your biggest problem. And so we tell stories, we draw lots of pictures, because we want people to see a stick figure on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. to take them to a place where they can understand their life better. It's so much easier. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just never forget those conversations we had once a week and he just began to change because he was looking it's almost like the light was coming on in the room of his life and saying oh i forgot what i was made for i was just hating what was happening that was wrong i forgot i forgot there was something in me i forgot that i have something to offer the world and You know, I think it was three weeks in, he he sat down and he told me, he said, I did something this week. He said, I texted my friends. Because he had become so down about himself. He was literally too afraid to even text his friends because he felt like such a loser. And the next week, he got together with his friends. And then he, he, he was, because he was living at home with his parents, just afraid to be out, afraid to be with anybody. And then it was five weeks in, he applied for a job out of state. Mm. And after, I think it was two months, he, he got that job, moved out of state boldly. I talked to him, I think three months ago. He's in a great relationship, planning a marriage. Mm. Um, He's focused on his purpose, and that's enabled him to walk away from his problems. Mm -hmm. When human instinct is, when my problems go away, then I can move on. That is not how life works. Mm -hmm. If we try to fix ourselves before we can be ourselves, we will never be Mm ourselves. But what we can do is we can be awakened and have almost this prodigal son experience like we are like where the prodigal son came to himself and he said, wait a second, I wasn't made for this. And with, with simple steps, a human being can walk away from their problems, but only because they're walking toward their purpose. So good. I, I love everything you just said, Mark. And, you know, a couple of things that were kind of coming to me is 
first thing is, you know, even my dad, so he's 80, he's struggling um, with plenty of medical stuff at the time. He has Parkinson's and such, but he has the best mindset, right? About improving and getting better, even if he fell and ended up in rehab. But he said, you know, he said to me, he's a, he's definitely a strong man of faith. And he said, you know, since I was young, I knew that I had a purpose. He said that even recently, you know, and because that was instilled with him, right? He went to faith-based school growing up, you know, but he, he knew from the time he was young, you know, about that we all have a purpose, right? We were made for something. And so he's always kept that with him. And I think that's, it's so important. The other thing is there's a quote I've recently seen that says something like, focus on me, not the storm. But the truth is so many of us focus on our problems, whether it's our own problem or it's in our marriage or, you know, whatever's going on instead of focusing on the one that can actually that's bigger than our problems. Right. And so while purpose is so important, I think sometimes we get stuck in the, like you said, trying to solve the problem instead of looking, you know, at to what else we should be doing, you know? And so I think that that's important. And, but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to when we know our purpose, we have hope. And I think what's lacking in so many people's lives is hope, hopefulness. And so I would just remind people while we're talking about purpose and it might seem a lot like we're talking about purpose for their own lives, which is important. And we are, it's also important. I think to remember that we need to speak hope and we need to speak potential and you know, what we see in people, what do we see in them? Because I think, right. Um, helping people see, Oh, wow. I hadn't even realized like, this is what I was made for. This is, could be my future, you know, and in this deeper way. And I think it's important to remember that because I think we don't always remember we have impact, the words we speak to other people. And so I would just encourage others to make sure you're speaking that way, especially to youth, you know, and young people, because I think we really can, just like you guys are helping people with their purpose, we can help point people towards a future that is full of hope and is full of purpose and is full of joy. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Yeah. So, uh, Adina, any last thing that you would like to share uh, just uh, to add to our conversation before we start wrapping up? Um, it's in life, we don't think that this is possible because we see the truth all around us. Um, but there's a greater truth. There's life will teach us truths. And we and we believe those. Um, like when I was a child, I, I believe I didn't have value. We'll just go to that simple example there. And I'm sure many, many people feel like their value has been sabotaged or damaged or hurt or destroyed completely. And we don't really think that there's another option. Not really. Like we just get this, if life is up zero to a hundred percent, I just get this 12% life or this 23% life. And my heart wants to be like a hundred, but I'm not going to get that. And there's hope no matter what situation you find yourself in. It, we seem to write ourselves off, kick ourselves off the team of life. We put ourselves on the sideline or even just, you know, even just go out to the car and we're not even watching the game. It's we kick ourselves out, but we don't realize that we're believing a truth that is actually a lie. It's not a lie. It's, it's we, we don't live life um, chasing after our problems and get to a healthy place. We have value. Life teaches us lies that we believe as truth. It does, it squelches our hope 
And so then we sit and we do nothing and we just live out our definition of normal, which is our 12% or 23% or whatever. We, Mm -hmm. we just live out that because that's all we can have, but that's not true. You can have an abundant life. You can have hope. You can have peace. You can have joy. And really it's not an, it's not a calculus formula to get there. Mm. It's simple. It's simple. So people can take a step and we love to give people one step because when you think the whole, everything is overwhelming and way too much, when we show them one simple step, they're like, well, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And they don't even see how much life change will happen when they take that step. But mm-hmm. when they, when they take it, then they're experiencing something different and they're like, wow. I didn't realize I was talking to a mom and three teenage girls and we were just talking about one of the concepts and their responses after they did this action step, you know, you don't get life change unless you make movement. Mm -hmm. And so these young ladies and this mama, they made movement in that they were like, we thought that that was going to be just like so simple and just like, no big deal. We already know how to do that. They were coming back with life transformation stories. I mean, just after our first conversation together. And so there's always one simple step that you can take and there is hope. And if you don't have it for your own life, we can step in and have it for you until you see it. Mm, So good. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing that. So tell me how, or tell, tell everyone, how can people connect with you online, learn more about your podcast and your um, experience and all those things? Yeah, the website is markdelaney.com. The podcast is purpose, the Purpose Mastermind podcast. Um, those are the main ways people can reach out to us. Um, there's a, if you would like for your listeners, there's a, a free course that we always offer to people called How to Change. It's uh, uh, a lot of it comes from my story of weight loss. And um, I'm not a skinny man right now, but I'm a free man. And I used to be a man that was going to die because of food, but it wasn't because of food. Just like for other people, it's not about addiction. It's not about alcohol, not about drugs. It's the lack of freedom in our lives. And so this course on how to change is really not focusing on your problem. It's how to see your whole life differently so you can walk away from your problem. And so it's called how to change. And your listeners can have that. I'll be honest with you. We're not really salespeople. So if people, if people contact us to get this, they're not going to get into a recurring email with us or anything. You're just going to get it and we're going to walk away. If you want us in your life, you'll have to reach out. But anyway, I'll give you a phone number for that and an easy code that they can just simply text the word my change and they can have that course. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Well, let me just say to both of you, thank you so much, Mark and Adina, for being on the show. I think it was filled with so much good goodness, so much hope. And I think, you know, I think one of the most important things that we can do is to help people understand that there is hope, there is light, there is a future for them. And the fact that you help them understand how to do that through understanding their purpose, through finding freedom and knowing that they have value and worth. I don't, I can't think of anything more important. So thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for having us. 
Thank you. Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up, I have a seven-day encouragement challenge. If you'd like to sign up, go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days of Christian encouragement and inspiration to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Faith Fueled Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend. And if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people to spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in.